Welcome back to Ready or Not. Today we are getting to something you know you need to be doing, but odds are you struggle with. Yep, prayer and fasting. Let's get into it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a treat for you in studio today. As always, Joseph Rodeheaver. Hello. And uh, believe it or not, my beautiful bride of almost 19 years. Want to say hello? Hi. Hey. <laughs> yeah, Joe and Ro. Joe hey, and Ro. Hey, there it is. So, uh, <laughs> yep. so how's your day? Mine? Yeah. Fantastic. 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 Why? Yeah. I know, it's um, deep questions. Totally deep questions. Just worked a little bit and then homeschooled my adorable six-year-old. She's the only one who likes to school, so it's way more fun that way. Oh, I thought it was because you get to hang out with David and I up here. That too. Podcast, I forgot. But Oops. <laughs> not. <I> guess not. <laughs> Joe, how's your day? Uh, my day is going well. Not as productive as I want it to be, but yeah, I got a smoothie for lunch, so that's cool. But you're going to be here doing podcasts. Yeah, which is productive, which is, is cool. This is like the highlight of my day right now. It's so. kingdom building, man. It's the most productive thing you could possibly do right now. Yeah, I get to talk to two awesome people about the things of the Lord, and noise. it's cool. That is noise. <laughs> noise. <laughs> so, wait, how's your day going? I <laughs> get me. Honestly, I don't know why, but I'm wildly pumped up today. Um, I got all these old worship songs floating around in my mind, so I sang them to Pastor Lynn this morning, and well, he told me to do not sing them here. Yeah, don't sing them. <laughs> oh, come here. on, man! It's the good stuff. Like uh, I, w- I won't do it. No, today. yes, no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no, yes, no. Does that one mean no? No, yes, yes, yes no, no. Yes, so no. did either of yeah. you guys pray today? See, si, Senor. Yes. Well, <laughs> just get into this because we're wasting a lot of time. But um, one of the most, you know, common disciplines of the Christian walk is that conversation we're to have with our Heavenly Father. It's prayer. And it's what you're introduced to the moment you get saved. You're probably even heard people pray before you got saved. Uh, And yet when you ask people like, hey, how's your prayer life? Very rarely does someone be like, man, my prayer life's spot on right now. And maybe we can even talk about that in a moment, but just prayer in general is such a vital topic. Yeah. Well, I mean, and just like how you asked us right now about did you guys pray? Most of the people are like, uh, yeah, like it's kind of like a intimate personal type thing. And like you dig a little bit deeper, but it's, it should be a common, it is a common thing that we should be doing as Christians. And also a very, I, I, I had to remind myself, this is why one of the reasons Christ died is to restore our communion with the father, right? Like that now we, we are made righteous and we get to talk to our father in heaven as he tells us to pray. But yeah, very big, big topic for sure. So was there ever a point for either of you guys where prayer became like a more significant part of your walk with the Lord? Where like, okay, I knew about prayer. I, I quote unquote believed in prayer. But then there was this moment where I understood like there's actual power in prayer. God's genuinely listening. Like things happen when you pray. Was there a, whether it's an age or or maybe even a specific instance where prayer just became um, bigger? I think so. For me personally, I i mean, I knew as a kid growing up, like, oh, yeah, you read your Bible and pray every day. But praying wasn't just, um, I mean, at some point it was like you prayed before meals, and that was common. And then it was like, say, you know, when you are going to bed at night, you pray. 
But I think once I became like college age, probably my prayer life developed more into an intimate communion where I sat down intentionally with a journal and actually wrote out my prayers. Because for me, looking back at those things, it was like they were way more weighty and it was more clear because how many times do we sit down to pray and you get a text message or a phone call or you walk by something and it distracts you and it's if I'm supposed to be worshiping God in my clarity like in the clarity of my mind then I need to be intentional in that time and so for me um I felt like I mean I know that God knows my thoughts and he knows my heart but for me personally I felt more plugged in when I was more focused in those times what uh, caused you to even begin to think about journaling prayers? Because I know that's something that was like really new for me. Even after we got married, <laughs> journaling something that took I years love, to even entertain. I love journals. I think they're really <laughs> cute. And I like fun, colory pins. And for me, it was just an easy way for me. It, I guess when I would go on break at work and I just like wanted something to do where nobody really bugged me, I'd put my head down, get my Bible out and just write out my prayers for the day. And then um, just like things that waited on my heart, I would circle them, date them, and then put a spot for answered prayer if it was something that was like serious. Because I knew that if I asked expecting God to answer it, then I should put a spot where he's going to answer it. And I'm going to put a date next to that so I have a testimony of what he was doing. That's awesome. I should have brought them. I didn't think about well, it. What about you? Do you journal now? I go David? in and out of journaling. Um, I don't mean I don't like, like calling it journaling. I think girls journal and men keep logs of their life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Starlog, <laughs> David. Only no, you, I'm, only just, you. I'm, I'm messing around. Yeah, um, I find myself journaling off and on, you know, throughout seasons of life, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, I do find when life's being a little bit elusive, or my own thoughts aren't really just lining up the way they should. There's instability to some degree. Um, I know that if I draw near the Lord and I include journaling in my time with God in the morning, it seems to just be a, a sweet way to fellowship with God. And for me, it's been something I just bring in as, I don't say needed, but when appropriate. Uh, you're a huge fan of logging your life, or jur- <laughs> journaling, I think. I mean, I journal, but I mean, I. it's funny because journal and prayer, they they mix, right? Like they're there if you looked at my my journal my log it is intermingled i'll jump from just general thoughts to like a prayer in it um and because and all, all of a sudden i'll just be talking I'm like lord i need your help in this lord help me this because it helps me to be more intentional with my thoughts whereas if i'm praying especially if i'm praying quietly in my head i get distracted left and right and i think there's a huge benefit to one journaling but also praying out loud um and you see it throughout the scripture, you know, it doesn't, it's like pray out loud because it help, like we have to realize who we're talking to. So like, I look at the journal as like, if I were to write a letter to someone, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm more intentional about how I'm saying it, what I'm doing. And it's a prayer. It's a letter to the Lord. But then it's also, um, I don't think that should be your primary way of praying at all. True. Right. Uh, I think it's right. a valid statement. One thing I started doing years ago and I try to be faithful to, we've all told people or been told like, oh, I'll be praying for you. And it's it's almost as casual, like Christian lie. Like, are you really going to be praying for me? Because I know I'm going to forget about you tomorrow. Yeah. Um, 
Now, maybe you're a better person than I am. Most people very well may be. Yep. But (laughs) (laughs) one thing I've tried to either practice is either just pray for them on the spot, right, which is a whole other thing we could talk about. But I keep a little, like, notes in my phone, and I only keep, like, five or six names on it, and I pray for them during the week. They get one week. And I'll tell people, I will be praying for you this week. And after that, I can't promise I'll be praying for you, but I'll put their name down, pray for them, and then they get bumped. <laughs> yeah, I when when that comes to me for praying for other people, it's like, uh, usually it'll be like, man, I'll think of someone, and I'm like, I should text them. And I'll be like, hey, man, I'm praying for you. But then I'm like, I haven't prayed for them yet. <laughs> and so I'll stop mid-text <laughs> and be like, Lord, and just pray for them intentionally. Because, you know, it's like random thoughts about people, you know, mm-hmm. or even on the spot, like in person. Like I found like, instead of just saying you're going to, hey, I'll be praying for you. Like, let, let's just pray, you know, and, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be this long 30-minute prayer. Yeah. Um, I found this first when, I mean, I don't remember how long ago it was. But I love how there's certain parts of the Bible that just are cute. And that's totally the girly version of it. (laughs) And it says in Malachi 3 16, it says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened, and he heard them. So a book of remembrance was written before him. For those who fear the Lord and who meditate on his name, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. And I'm like, Dude, the Lord of hosts is writing, like, this is amazing. There's a journal being written. We sit down and we have those moments of, like, talking, you know, to each other, and we talk about the Lord. That's written down in his book of remembrance, and I love that. So I'm like, okay, I can sit down and journal something up and, you know, talk about my times with the Lord and what he's doing. I love that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Maybe we can roll it back a little bit and say, well, what is prayer, right? And we're talking about kind of our prayer lives and what that looks like. But um, when, you know, Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, right, like when you pray, there's like this, like not if you pray, right, right? (laughs) when you pray, uh, and then he goes on to talk about that. But, um, you know, what what is prayer? I mean, the simplest way to understand it, and I hope it undoes a lot of religiosity if people grew up with a real stringent religion um, or even if they grew up in a different religion, uh, it, it's simply talking not even to the Lord. It's talking with the Lord. It's this moment to sit and to pour your heart out to the Lord. I remember I remember specifically reading the Sermon on the Mount, and there's a part that tripped me up, and I kind of dug into it a little bit more. It's one of the first times I learned to study the Bible, and God says that if you get into this quiet place, this secret place, where no one else is, and you pour your heart out to me. God says two things. It's really weird. He says, I will be in that secret place. And then he says, I will see in that secret place. And to me, my redundant mind is like, well, of course you see. You're there. (laughs) It seems like nonsense. Why would God say like, I'll be there with you and I'll see it. And so I don't think God's a God of nonsense. So it kind of put me on this little word study. And they're two different words that are used in scripture. He says, I will be in that secret place with you. So one, there's freedom to pray about anything and everything you could ever want to talk about because there's no outside influence. And God says, I will be there with you. But then he says, and I will see in secret. That second time he uses the word secret, it doesn't mean a private place. It means the innermost being of a person that no one knows. And God says, the parts of you that you can't even articulate or put into words 
I will see those things. And then he says, and I will reward or answer you openly, no strings attached. And it blew my mind. And I think that honestly is what triggered my prayer life for the first time was understanding that passage, that God wants me to get alone with him with the absolute freedom to pour out anything that comes into my heart and my mind, even if it's off. He can handle off prayer requests. And then he'll see my heart and respond to my heart. I'm in. (laughs) I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to see it happen. Yeah. There's this, uh, well, in Matthew, Matthew 6, exactly what we were talking about. And he goes into the, the model prayer, right, of how we should pray. Like the disciples or actually see him go out, right, and pray. And they're like, teach us how to pray. <laughs> like, mm. And he says, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. And I love that part because I was, it's one, it's that relationship. It's not like, hey, Jesus doesn't say, you're king in heaven, which, of course, God is our king, and we should pray to him and talk to him. But there's, he says, pray this way, our Father in heaven. And uh, it's it's a beautiful thing. when you, For me, when you talked about when did prayer click For me, it was when I started growing in my understanding of who God really is and who he says he is and that he says that he wants me to pray and talk to him and commune with him and and tell him everything, even though he knows all. And it's it's a beautiful thing. As I've grown in that, it's like I have a father in heaven that that I can talk to um, and that and it's... uh, I don't know. I, I love it. And that's really, and I've seen it, I've seen it work in my life in crazy ways, you know, and it is, it's not just talking at God. Uh, it's, 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 it's with God. And sometimes, you know, I'll just talk and then I'll just sit there, you know, and, and man, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. So. And I think that our prayer lives absolutely as we grow as people and as we grow in our walk with the Lord, our prayer life will grow and go through different seasons too. Cause I know that there were seasons for me that when Isaac was little, he was our first you know, baby, I remember being up at two o'clock in the morning and I hadn't been up at two o'clock in the morning before. And God would wake me up with a person on my heart and I would just pray for that person and intercede. And there was definitely those seasons of that where, you know, sometimes it looks different than others, but yeah, there's the how to pray. I think I wasn't super keen on that. So I would just kind of write everything out. And then as I grew in my walk with the Lord, I think that my prayer life grew as well. And I don't know. It's weird. I know for me, like right now, just in the last three to four weeks, there's this unique stillness mm-hmm. in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's new. I don't know if you've ever been like at the beach or a lake where there's zero wind or breeze. It's just a, a, a calm that seems impossible, yet it's happening. And there's this weird, like the Lord and I are talking about very few things. But they're real things, and they're calm, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> you calm? But I <laughs> yeah. And, but it's there's something about it that's, like, not man-made, and it's so simple. And part of me wonders, like, I wonder if I should have just calmed – exactly, me calm? <laughs> I should have calmed down a long time ago because he's moving in ways I haven't experienced him move in my life in in a really long time. Mm. And I don't, I mean, he's moving some tremendously actual tangible things, but even just the peace and the joy and the steadfastness, like that's what's blowing me away right now. Uh, Not all these borderline miracles we're seeing happen with our family or ministry or whatever. I'm, I leave my prayer life more shocked about the contentment in my soul and the, the joy that's coming back in every day. Like, 
well, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what people miss. And that's what grieves me. If people don't have a good prayer life, it's not like, oh, well, to be a good Christian, you should be praying. It's like, no, there, that's where you tap into who God is and he fills but you and also, meets Also, like, you. people don't even know how to pray sometimes. And I never forget when I first came to Chino Hills, Lisa gave me just this little short tidbit. And she's like, have you ever heard of the Acts prayer? And I was like, no, what's that? And she was like, okay, it's adoration. You basically, God, you're holy, you're pure, you're righteous. Even your anger is righteous. Lord, we know. And you talk about that, you know, attributes of God confession and you confess the things going on in your heart and you know where you're fallen where you've fallen short i snapped at my kids yesterday or i've just had a bad attitude or whatever it is and then thanksgiving and look around you and realize like lord thank you that we have water bottles and we have clean water and we have you know all the little things and it puts your heart in such a posture where you're able to receive that stillness and that time with the lord and then and then the supplications of asking him so that you're not coming to God with a laundry list of things that you want. And it's not like your magic genie in a bottle, but you're actually seeing who God is. It broadens your picture. You're confessing what it is you're seeing, what a like dirty, rotten little slime ball you are sometimes. And then Thanksgiving, realizing and having a grateful heart of what you do already have. And then seeing it kind of whittles down your question list also at that point, because you're like, what's really important? <laughs> you know, is yeah. this worth asking God for? Well, I think in, in prayers can be, you know, we especially like you and I grew up in the chair, and so it's like ritualistic almost. It's like you know, it's what you do. Like you know, I pray with my boys every night, and sometimes I'm just like, you know, we're praying over the same things, and you try to like, you know, you have to remind yourself that like you're talking to the Almighty God. And so, you know, we pray before we eat and we know we should be praying more. You always hear this growing up and what that sounds like and looks like. Uh, but this, this, uh, what you just went through, I think there's a discipline in saying getting away in a closet. And mm-hmm. this is a, a structure, a way to prepare our hearts right. to commune and talk and, and be with the God of heaven. Because everything you just listed there can become ritualistic, but we have to remember it's that's we're not doing it to check off a list you know to it's really to like because we have to we have to get clear thinking we have to remember who we're talking to um and come in reverence you know our father in heaven hallowed be thy name you know it's like you're holy you're in heaven like you're perfect but yet you're our father like there's a there's everything you were talking about the adoration part of it it's like and i tell people like i it's there's this act of worship and, and praying to him at the beginning too, because it gets you, because we're so focused on ourselves, you know, and spending time in the, like getting away in the closet. It's like, for me, that's when things shifted when I was like, oh man, like I, I started going through this. Uh, it's not just uh, a checklist or I'm not just supposed to pray over these different things. It's like really, it's God's heart for us praying is to be with him. Right. And like in James 1, what says, don't be double-minded, you pray with expectation that God's going to move. Well, okay, I can go in my backyard right now and our planters are dead from winter, right? And I could go throw seed out there and it's probably going to spring up a couple little sprigs of green and then die. But if I go out there and we rip out all the dead stuff and you put in new fresh soil and you till it up, I feel like that's what this thing is doing with our hearts. It's like when you're you're preparing your heart before the living God. Mm. And you're just saying like, okay, God, I want you to. to no, I think that's, I, that's exactly it. Right. Like you're, you're, you're preparing your heart to come in and talk to the King of the universe. 
Uh, but we can also <laughs> shoot up prayers and <laughs> when right here we'd be like, Lord, please help me. I need help in this podcast. You know? like, oh, my husband to drive better. <laughs> I am the best driver on planet Earth. Uh-huh. Forward or backwards. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. And that's this like the wild dichotomy of prayer that we are approaching the creator and sustainer of all things seen and unseen, tangible and spiritual. And so there should be this immense reverence about it. But he's also our father in heaven. And he tells us, you come boldly into the throne room of grace to find mercy in time of need. And so it's like, which one is it? The answer is yes. (laughs) Uh, Knowing who he is, but approaching him for the relationship we have. Because of the work of Jesus. Amen. Which is, is the central point. Because when you do that, you realize like you have a holy God that you get to talk to who now tells us that we get to come to him as a, as a son or a daughter and father. And that is because of the work that was done on the cross uh, by our, our Lord and Savior. And then you, you, it brings humility. It brings thankfulness. It brings gratitude. And it, uh, it points back to Jesus who our eyes should be fixed on, right? And, uh, and then he, he tells us to come boldly into it, right? All the time. Like, hey, I want to know. He's not just saying like, no, no, you— you know, we're now made, we are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it says. So, like, come talk to me. Like, what do you need, son? <laughs> yeah, not all mopey. Yes. Right? Um, I think before we, you know, jump into the fasting side of seeking God, which is just, it's not just, but it seems to, to me it's prayer intensified, right? If you're going to go, what is fasting? It's the most intense season of prayer you can step into. There's probably better ways of maybe labeling it. But before we get into the fasting side, the Bible talks about two kinds of prayer. One is much more casual. It says, pray without ceasing. Just always have this open line with God, right? Talking. You guys you guys just randomly have thoughts that drift towards the Lord throughout the day, I'm, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. What's, what's your experience with that? Totally. It's short and sweet, but what's well, your experience with when that? When you... I think as you develop your prayer life and as you, um, we, we get hit with a lot of things through life, right? Like it could just be someone cutting you off on the freeway or something, you know, but you start going, there's this, this, you know, reality of the Lord always there seeing everything. And that's who you're, you're pleasing and that's who you want to please. And that's who you're worshiping. So it's like, Lord, one, forgive me of my, (laughs) forgive me for, for being angry at that person, but to protect that person, help them see and or whatever. And, and you just shoot up those little constant prayers. And then, especially when you have kids, like you're constantly in prayer, like, Lord, help them, protect them, guide them, direct them. So, uh, yeah, for sure. It's a constant, um, constant prayer with him. Yeah. I'd say the same, especially with kids nowadays. Like it's terrifying knowing that Isaac's leaving to go yeah, and drive and driving and then like whenever you guys go off and you're gone i just think sometimes i'm like okay that line of communication just doesn't even you know end and it's i remember pastor chuck talking about a long time ago like it's a radio station like he's always speaking back to us but are we tuned in and so having that quiet time also of just you know i could constantly be spouting off and talking to the lord but am i also listening at the same time yep. it's kind of I think even letting and becoming familiar with the Holy Spirit prompting you in the casualness of prayer, mm-hmm. whether it's those random people that come to mind, like you don't know what they're going through in that moment. Uh, learning to pause 
for like 15 seconds and just pray for that person. And you don't even have to text them that you're praying for them. Like that's encouraging to get those texts, but the power is in the prayer, not just in the encouraging text message. So letting the Holy Spirit bring someone to mind while you're driving, letting God nudge you about a topic or something going on in your life and and correct you. I know many times I'll just be walking from the door to my car or the car to my front door and the Lord's like, why don't you just be extra nice this time? Like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> like, he wants to just sort of simply lead us. But then there's the side of prayer that I think if our if our prayer without ceasing, the casual side is developed, that sometimes people cast off the intentional, like get in that quiet place and labor and be intentional in prayer. Yeah. Um. And not that you have to have a prayer closet daily, but consistently, um, what's your guys's, and I would keep all a prayer closet. I don't know if either of you actually get into your closet. Yeah, I'm, I can't. I actually got a closet I can closet. get into right now, so that's it's pretty cool. I'm always thankful. Like, you oh, this is cool. Serious? Yeah, I go in there. <sighs> I, sometimes, I, okay, so for me. We need a closet like that. As I've grown <laughs> in my walk with the Lord and and and. Man, I remember raising my hands and worship, and that was like such a big deal. Like I was scared to death to do it. Like, Same. and uh, I remember the first time I prayed out loud, like in my room, or like, like just I'm gonna pray out loud, and this sounded, it felt so weird and awkward. Or when I decided to get on my knees and pray, and uh, now it's like I'm, I love that it's just like it puts my my <laughs> I loved. That my flesh is like, I can, like, hey, I've beaten into submission kind of thing. Like, no, like, I'm, like, I'm going to worship my father and I'm going to get on my hands and knees. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm just standing there and praying. And, and but I'm the only one in the room. Like, what's it matter? Like, you have to, like, get out of yourself. And you, like, like, we're so worried about how we look, even when there's no one there. Right. Right. Except for just you and the Lord. Seems like you look free. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's, take that. That's what Satan's doing, right? Watch of course, me. and your flesh. And I think you 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 can position yourself, and I would encourage you, if you haven't done this, get into your room or a closet if you have one, shut the door, put your phone somewhere else, uh, get on your hands and knees or get on your knees and pray out loud. Watch what the Lord does uh, because there's this... Uh, you know, there's a reverence there, there's a respect, there's a, a diligent seeking uh, there. But this is uh, like so dumb, right, for me. But I, I hate praying out loud because I know that Satan is not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He's none of the things that God is. So I don't want him hearing my prayers because I don't want him. <laughs> I know that's so lame, but in my head, I always thought that since I was a kid, same thing. Oh, same like, you that. <laughs> don't, he's already got it. I for me, it's it's a uh, my so thoughts funny. wander too quickly, mm. and I uh, I can get stuck in my head, and I can just jump from thought to thought. And when I'm praying out loud, it helps me to be deliberate, and it's like. Yes. Father, I recognize that you're real. Like you're you're not just this pie in the sky. Like you're you're there and I'm going to talk to you as if you were here. Um and because you are. And um and then also I think like uh in scriptures you don't really see them praying quietly. You see them praying out loud. So That's yeah, awesome. They heard they saw it, but I'm sure they heard it too. 
I mean, how else did they write down what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? Yeah. Like, yes. How else did they record these prayers that Jesus prayed? Mm-hmm. I think John 17 is like your favorite it's my chapter favorite in the whole chapter. Yeah. yeah. Like how these guys do that. They heard him. Even if they weren't invited into it, he was like out doing his own thing. They were eavesdropping on Jesus' prayers and they remembered it and wrote it all down. And then they said, teach us to do that. Uh, I know a lot of times, in, right when we talk about prayer closet, if you guys are new to praying and this is something that you like, I, I want to develop this in my life. Uh, all a prayer closet means is somewhere you're alone. It, it can be your bedroom. It can be a closet if you're blessed like joke. Uh, it can be a long walk, like in a quiet place, get up early or something. Uh, I have had some phenomenal moments of prayer walking uh, with God. Um, I know, I think it was you. I, I tell the story too many times because I'm shocked at what happened and it's not. So anyways, and I think there's some bi- biblical to it, right? Uh, Israel had their Jews have their prayer shawls. But there's one time Joe just, you asked me like, what's your prayer life like? I'm like, dang it. <laughs> you know, we could all get I think the, we were riding bikes too or something. Yeah, like, we were, we were something. like very, and, I don't know I, why I said I it. can't say the Lord prompted you, but I believe the Lord prompted you to ask that because it was like, it was, it was weak at the time. It was just, it was weak. And I was just distracted often. My mind was floating and just wasn't committed to it. Anyways. For whatever reason, do you remember what you told me to do? I do. I don't know why I told you to do it because I don't it do was it. Weird. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Joe's like, I think you should get a blanket or something and just like wrap it around you when you pray. I like that is. The- you do like blankets. Well, yeah. yeah. Now the whole wait, wait, you have like a, like a, like a, my, you know, my three-year-old carries her on the blanket all the time. Is no, that what I'm not Linus dragging oh, it around. Okay. But, but here's the deal. Like, like uh, to be honest, two grown men be like, David, you should get a blanket for your prayer. <laughs> like, this is the... Well, Jack, I heard Jack talk about it, I think, because Jack does that, right? He had a big prayer shot. Prayer shot. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's just an intentional act, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's something physically that's intentional to say, I'm going to be praying right now. You're blocking everything else out. Well, it makes sense. What happened? I'm telling you, it was weird to hear you say it. I laughed, but I was like, I think it was this God moment. Like, I think that's from the Lord. So I went home. I dug out our son's old baby blanket. It was camo. It was a baby, but it's camouflage. Okay, yeah. It's I wouldn't expect blanket. anything it's less good. from the axe family. I covered, it, <laughs> covered my head, and it was weird. It's like my mind knew we are in prayer right now, mm. and my thoughts didn't drift like they normally drift. Um, it was just awesome. And so not that every day I have that blanket out, but – when I know I need to like really be intentional, I grab that thing and wrap myself up and we're praying yep. <laughs> uh, body, soul, and spirit. The whole thing's praying now. Yeah. It's uh, and it's cons- I like consistency in doing prayer. Um, because you know, there's a lot of times we don't feel like praying and you know, there's this thing where laziness begets laziness. Like, uh, so when you, uh, when you want to be tired or lazy and you you just accept it and you do it, you usually become more tired and lazy. And not to say, uh, when, when you, and it, that goes into a lot of other areas of life and in, in, in different ways, but prayer as well. When you don't want to pray and then you don't pray and then you don't pray and then you don't pray and then you're only coming to the Lord when you need something or you want something. And that's, that's, I mean, yes, do it. Go to the Lord when you need something or want something, but that's not that's not what a prayer life is. You've almost started whining to the Lord rather than praying <laughs> to the Lord. 
Lord, exactly. I don't have this thing. Lord, I don't like this in my life. Lord, I got a problem. Lord, it's like, oh, dude, God's like way beyond this. When we look at our the perfect example in Scripture of 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 how we should be, right? Jesus and what He did, constantly getting away. His disciples were constantly looking for him. Where's he at? Early in the morning, he's getting mm-hmm. away and he's just praying and he's being spending time with the Father, right? And uh, and that is God in the flesh praying. How much more so us, right? So I want to kind of begin to shift towards that intensified prayer life, fasting, and I almost feel like we should make this its own episode, but I don't know. No, but, we're gonna we're gonna keep going. Oh, okay. If, if you're tracking with this. Uh, <laughs> And we don't have to go long on this. I think you can really boil it down some pretty clear points. But So what is fasting? What is fasting? Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' kind of insight on this. But fasting is a conscious decision to set aside the comforts of life and intensify your pursuit of God. If you're going to generalize it, it's taking the things that you make your life comfortable, including and starting with food, food, uh, drink, flavor, all that stuff. Get it out of your life and all together, all together, get it out of your life. That's what fasting is. But it's not a diet. It's not starving yourself. A lot of people are like, I've been fasting for four days. I'm like, well, have you been praying more? No. Reading your Bible more? No. <laughs> Worshiping more? No. Dude, you're just starving yourself. Like, it is... It's not intermittent fasting? It's not intermittent fasting, <laughs> which I'm a fan of, but uh, it has not so much spiritual... That's not the kind of fasting we're talking about. No. But there's something unique throughout Scripture that when people decide to seek God more intensely, they remove the comforts... It's not just the comforts of life. It's the things our flesh screams for. I want food. I want drink. I want... I mean, it's, it's crazy. Paul even tells married people, like that intimacy physically within marriage is something that you enjoy. And so the only reason you should put that on pause is if it's for a season of prayer and fasting, which is wild. Uh, But it's to tell the flesh, you're not in control. I'm in control. My carnal desires, you don't get to steer the ship anymore. We're seeking God right now. And then taking more time to pray or read or journal or think, uh, that's a really long explanation to what is fasting. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything to add to that necessarily or what you think. Well, I think you said intensified prayer, right? And it's it's amplified because you're killing the flesh, right? And uh, you know, we're we're supposed to kill the flesh and and feed the spirit and that's what you're doing and it's an intentional intentional act, right? Like and it's I mean, I've had times where I've fasted and I should be praying and I don't want to pray. <laughs> There's like even even when in the midst of, of fasting, you're like all you're either thinking about is food or whatever. And there's an intent you like get there's an intentional act here. Like I'm here to seek the Lord uh, uh and I I'm willing to starve and kill my flesh to get more of the Lord. Um, and so, I mean, that's how I would add to it. I mean, a lot of people will say media fast or, you know, it's a diet and all these different things, which sure there's versions of it. But ultimately I think when we're talking about fasting, it is no food, um, and killing the flesh. But I mean, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on, on the different types of fasts that people throw around and stuff. But 
I remember when the junior high, like when you were in junior high, they did a social media. No, what was it? Technology, Technology fast. fast. And those kids, he said, anytime you would normally go to grab your computer, grab your electronics to go play a game or go grab anything else, grab your Bible and pray mm-hmm. and seek the Lord. And that was a month, I think, or six weeks. That was like two weeks. Was it you only made two it really, weeks? Really, they were junior high. You made it very yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they like freaked over it. It was it awesome. It was pretty awesome. So, I mean, I think there are other things you can fast, but that's just in today's age. Well, but you, fasting. You got to think, food. what is it that's pulling you? I, I believe if you're, okay, if you're 11, 12, 13 years old, like technology fast, I think a lot of adults could benefit from a technology fast. I, mm-hmm. I'm the personality that says we should just light off an EMP bomb and be dead. But I'm not saying that. He Nail hates it to the technology. Wall. I, but so but no, I've. I really believe we should learn to tame that beast and tell it, no, I don't have to do this for a week. I can set it aside for a minute, even if it's a day or half a day a week. But that set aside. Um, well, I think if you if you have a hesitance to, which I think all of us do, to, to not, to like, I, I don't need to do that or I don't want to do that or whatever, there's like a... Uh, maybe you should do it then, if because you your have... flesh has its tentacles all. Your <laughs> natural response in your head or out of your mouth sounds a little bit like what a drug addict does when you take their <laughs> drugs away. Problem, dude. It, it's all of us. It's and yeah. it, we all I, we all have a problem with it. It is something. It well, with something, but specifically media. Yeah, uh, it is. We're surrounded by it. It is hard. I mean, we we can't. If you get into an awkward situation or you don't want to see someone that you, you know, whatever, you just pull out your phone and you kind of hide behind it, you know? <laughs> and oh, it's, man. it's, uh, it is, I, I agree with you that there is a, a type of fast, right? Generally speaking, though, in the Bible, when it's talking about fasting, food. It's, it's food. Food. And I think even still, the primary, like 95% of the time is food. So, but, and isn't that too quiet? your flesh so that your spirit can be strengthened in that time, right? So it's like you deprive food, you deprive like the nutrition and your body gets weak so that your spirit can get stronger. So anytime you would naturally go to eat a meal, you spend that time in prayer or in reading instead. Otherwise, like you said, you're starving yourself. Well, what's going to happen too? I think it's probably easier for some people to just cut out food than the phone. Um, (laughs) Because they might even be like, yeah, I'm on a fast, but then uh, like I'm not eating. But then you're just on your phone the whole time. We actually right. asked those kids, hey, for one week, would you rather give up food or your phone? Like 80% of them said food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's as a kid. Like, kids don't give up food. This is oh. like 10 years ago, too. It's before, like, yeah. phones were. Well, in the mo- majority of our phones, and it's not to just, I mean, we all know this. This is the hard part. We, we've all talked about it, everybody knows this. And like how destructive social media and all this stuff is, but yet we're continually still in it. And there's this, it's a feeding of the flesh in a way, it's still. And it's, it's, we know it's a very hard thing for us to let go. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm that too, you know, and it is a very good thing to be intentional and about saying, I'm going to seek the Lord above knowing what my friends are doing on TikTok or yeah. <laughs> the reels or anything. So there's throughout the Bible, there's three circumstances that prayer is seen in. Okay. One of them. You mean fasting? 
Yeah, did I say prayer? Yeah, Sorry. Prayer. Fast prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting, right? <laughs> they are inseparable. It's like husband and wife. Which one make a marriage? Yes. Well, I was going to say on Matthew 6, you know, Jesus talks about prayer. He gives the model of prayer. And then he says, moreover, when you fast, he couples the both yep. of them together. They're so. inseparable. Uh, and even with that, real quick, like, Joe, if you found out that Rochelle was fasting or I was fasting, do I lose my reward in heaven and God won't talk to me anymore? <laughs> it depends on <laughs> if you look <laughs> what Jesus says. Like, if you read Matthew 6, if you guys are looking like pretty down and out. But no, of course not. I mean, if you're the, the Lord looks at the intent in the heart, right? Yeah, of course. No, I agree with you. Uh, Put people oil get, on your head and then get go. caught up. No, like, oh, what, but what if people find out they go to lunch with friends and then they don't eat and it's like, why won't you eat? And they're just like, oh, just because, just because, just because. It's like, <laughs> just tell them. I, I can't right now. I'm fasting. It's, it's okay if you get painted into a corner and people find out you're fasting. The point of the passage that Jesus is talking about is if you walk around moaning and groaning, you're like, oh, what's wrong nothing i'm fasting right now <laughs> and it, it, that's so like gross. the mode of your life for a week <laughs> yeah like you lose your reward jesus says you have their attention not mine yeah so there's yeah. your reward you got people to go wow look at you but i'm done uh, but if people find out that like oh you happen to be fasting you don't lose god's presence he doesn't like recoil back up into yeah heaven. you're not called to lie to people because of this it's not like some extreme hidden thing um, and there might be even opportunities like to, to share the gospel with someone because of it, Yep. but it, it is more that you're not putting it on display. Yep. So I, I want to touch on just those three. The, yes. I want to hear main categories of life that you should fast during. Um, and then from there, maybe we can end by just sharing if there are thoughts or memories of times you fasted and God did some cool stuff or what that was like for you. Um, but there's three things in scripture where fasting seems to be introduced and brought in. One, when there was this demonic possession and influence upon this young kid, and then the demons are doing their thing, and the disciples come along, and they, they are failing. They can't help this family out. They can't cast out the demon. There's this stronghold taking place, and they come to Jesus, and like, what happened? And he says, well, these kind, this is only overcome through prayer and fasting. And so one moment in life or these moments in life where there's either demonic activity or some kind of dark, sinful stronghold, fast. Uh, a lot of times guys will come and like, man, I just can't get pornography out of my life. Like, well, starve the flesh. Like, why don't you... Tell the flesh it doesn't get to eat food for a few days, and you're going to take control of your carnality back, and you're going to strengthen your spirit through prayer and the word, and you will see that stronghold dissipate. You really will. But out if you don't seek God in desperation, then you're allowing that stronghold to exist. So if you're try- whether you're trying to get free from drugs or alcohol or pornography or some kind of stronghold or directly demonic influence— Fast and pray, and the carnality will die and leave, and God will show up in full strength. It's awesome. So one time you should introduce fasting is when there's some kind of stronghold in your life that you need to go away. Um, Super real. Another one is in deep seasons of repentance. So someone's been wayward, or you get 
you know, caught up in something and you need, you've been the prodigal son and you're just returning to the Lord. You see in Nineveh is probably the clearest. Jonah walks through Nineveh. It's like 40 days and you guys are dead. <laughs> well, the hmm. king says, dude, everyone's fasting, even the animals, right? I mean, like, we're, we're going crazy here. I don't think I'd have our dog fast, oh, but there's this like, we are going to drop all the evil in our lives and we're going to repent and come back to the Lord. And there's this beautiful, powerful reset that happens. And so, if you're helping someone come out of the world in a deep, deep, deep way, and they're coming to the Lord, do it with them, pray and fast with them back into God's presence. And there's rewarding there. And that generation was redeemed. It paused the wrath and judgment of God on an entire nation because they sought the Lord in fasting and prayer. It made their repentance real and lasting. So one was demonic strongholds. Uh, The second one you see throughout scripture is this like, act of genuine repentance. There's fasting involved. Um, And then the other one, when there's just burdens, uh, there's something that you know, like, I want to see God move. I want to see God do something. Lord, this has to change. There has to be progress. There has to be victory. Lord, what do you want to do when you're seeking God for vision because of burdens? Uh, Nehemiah did this in the rebuilding of the town that had been broken down and crumbled. His, the whole story of Nehemiah starts with fasting and prayer. And then God commissions him, go, rebuild the wall. And it's this phenomenal work that's been recorded in Scripture for us to learn from. And so if God's burdening your heart to do something in life, pray, but fast, and he will give you clarity. He absolutely will. I have, n- I have no doubt in my mind. I'm yeah. more sure that he will than the sun will come up tomorrow. Like, <laughs> he will. So there's a demonic strongholds. You need to see something broken in your life. All right. Do you really? Yeah. Fast and pray. It's yep. going to happen. The chains will fall off. If you're coming back to the Lord from season of being wayward, fast and pray. The season of repentance like Nineveh. And then if, if your heart is being burdened for something, fast and pray and God will pave the way and open the door and you'll be too equipped to be whipped. To, uh, Right? <laughs> too, uh, too stressed, not uh, too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed to be stressed, too equipped to be whipped. I mean, that's all great stuff. And I think if you guys, if you guys out there have more questions about fasting yeah. or prayer or what that looks like practically, and you're like, hey, I, you know, all these questions arise, like, well, I, I can't, I have this diet issue or whatever it is. Uh, Shoot us a, a DM on the Instagram, I guess. Is that how you say it? Direct message? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But Arise Young Adults underscore, right? Uh, yep. Is the Instagram, if you guys don't know what it is. But love to kind of see those questions and, or you and can talk to you more about Or you can email arise at calvarycch.org. Yep. But yeah, if you guys have more questions, you know, this is, you know, we could talk about, we can go on an in-depth study about fasting and prayer. And this is a 30, 40 minute podcast, I hope. I don't we, know what we're at. We've definitely exceeded our time limit. But, uh, but yeah, if you guys have more questions about this, let us know. Um, and we'd love to talk to you more about it. Well, with that, I think we're signing out. I always want to do the sound like chicka 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 like whatever. I don't know. I don't know whatever the the outro is. Play the outro. Go. See you guys. Adios. See ya. Bye.